It can travel anywhere in time and space. Right. This is going to be fun. Up we go. Into time and space. Welcome to Time and Space, the Nerd Party's dedicated Doctor Who podcast. I'm Jessica Nunn. And I'm her husband and co-host, Philip Gilfus. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Those are the, the blowy thingies. Right. That's that's the British term, I think. Yes, yes. <laughs> I can't remember the American word. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it is 2019. We've just finished watching the Doctor Who New Year special resolution, so... Of course, what we'll be talking about, but we've spent our day doing lots of binge watching and drinking mimosas, right? Cranberry mimosas, cranberry mimosas, yeah. And so, being lazy for our day off until we go back to the work week and start the year, yes, yeah, whoop whoop, exactly. <laughs> so, briefly, we did want to talk about we talked about in the previous episode in our um, one of our library moments about listening to uh, the eighth doctor's first adventure with uh lucy yes miller um, blood of the daleks part one we did listen to part two during our holiday coming home and i uh, thought we wouldn't give it an extended library treatment but just quick reactions sort of what you thought of that we people. don't find out lucy's backstory right which is interesting mm-hmm. um so a little bit mystery to her yes yeah i'm curious as to what's going on there. Right, what the Time Lords are hiding from her. Yes. And I was, you know, when I thought the title, or heard, you know, the, the Blood of the Dogs just seemed like one of those random Doctor Who titles, but the sort of the Blood of the Dogs sort of referred to the purity because they sort of had this sort of planet-made Daleks versus the quote-unquote real Daleks and them yeah, fighting reminded, among themselves. Reminded me a little bit of the Seventh Doctor and Ace. Right, yeah, with uh, Remembrance, is that it maybe of the Daleks? Off the top of my head, I can't remember. But yes, when you had the two Daleks fighting each other. Um, for the, oh gosh, Eye of Harmony. Yes, I know this one. Um, <laughs> that the Seventh Doctor. Had... I remembered Seventh Doctor and Ace. <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> and her hitting it with a bat. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah. in, in the car park or something like mm-hmm. that, wasn't it? No, and that was one of the few, this was early days for Big Finish and the Eighth Doctor. And so that was actually on the radio. Um, oh, interesting. On BBC Seven? I can't remember off the top of my head. But anyway, um, yes, and so that was... I thought that was interesting, I guess, back in the day, you could listen to it on the radio. Um, but yeah, so we look forward to continuing with the Eighth Doctor Adventures. I've downloaded his his first, I've actually done the, his first original adventures. Yes, um, which we thought this was initially, yeah. but it turns out that he no. was with Charlie before he right. was with... so that'll be a future endeavor. Lucy. Because these were short, or the, the um, I don't know the, his original ones if they're just as short, so, but we'll find out. We'll see, yep. Yeah. And so, the other week... I did ask for some suggestions because I do have Doctor Who Mad Libs. Um, so if anyone is interested in playing, feel free to tweet us and I will ask for your choices. But for this adventure, I tweeted out my uh, requirements for Mad Libs, you know, adjectives and nouns and all that stuff. And I got a few entries. And so Brian Yates at History underscore Trek uh, responded. So I will now read his entries with the story that now creates. So this is a story called Exterminate. Appropriate. Yes, yes. Very, very apropos. So anyway, so here we go. The Doctor's greatest enemies are the Daleks, a tired race of mutated ships from the planet Sickbay. These cats have spread out across the universe in search of worlds to climb. 
created by the sinister Sabrina, these small beings are encased in a shell of red armor that resembles a metallic skull. The Daleks color across time and snowmen, bent on sleeping the universe. Kirk almost defeated the Daleks once, and for all during the last great tree war. Both the Daleks and the time phones were seemingly wiped out. However, some Daleks escaped this fate and can still be found diving the universe with their smelly battle cry, Indeed! (laughs) Excellent work! Yes, Yes. I I like the conglomeration of Doctor Who, Star Trek. It's everything you want in this world and more. Exactly, my fanfic come alive. (laughs) Yes! (laughs) So thank you, Brian Yates. So, but with all that said, let's go into the special. I'm actually... Was there? There were beginning titles, right? I don't even remember there. There was the theme team. For some reason, I don't remember there being a title resolution. Anyway, it could have been. Yeah, I'm not sure I remember either. Right. Of course, watching BBC America, we never know if we're getting the whole thing. They tend to cut oddly things. But anyway, so let's get into it. Because I was just thinking, like, it's called resolution, right? But anyway, so um, general thoughts. We just finished watching it two seconds ago. Yep. But general thoughts for your Doctor Who last that you'll see of the 13th Doctor and fam for a year, yes. if not more. Yep, yep, which I'm very, very sad about. Um, surely they'll at least do either a Christmas episode or a New Year's episode. Um, so 2020. Surely. But... Well, that would be a New Year's episode, yeah. but. Yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah, it happened. It, yeah, a little <laughs> bit. It it happened. It was a fine episode. It was it was. It was a little longer, right? Which you it always was want. Li- which I always <laughs> want. Yes. But we'll talk about it. So generally, yes. so not over the moon about I it. I was but, not but blown not, away. Right. Okay. Well, we'll we'll talk about it. Okay. Uh, one thing I've listed here: what makes it a New Year's special? And it doesn't necessarily. I mean, it mentioned New Year's. So I guess check the box there, right? Yep. But, I mean, I guess what makes it a special, you know, what makes it worth having another half an hour, you know, versus an hour. And, and you know, every, all the past Doctor Who Christmas specials and New Year specials as well with uh, Tenet and such, who even had an Easter special, if I recall, as well. Some of them are hit and miss, some of them are good, you know, each to their own. But uh, for this one, I it did seem tonally, I don't say different, because I don't, it seemed more Torchwoody, to be honest. Okay. To me. And I know, I keep saying this about Chimnall's run, and I know it's stupid to say, because you can look back on the whole history of Doctor Who and tell, say that I'm wrong, but it seemed a little more violent than normal. Now, of course, there have been Dalek specials and episodes where they've killed, you know, lots of soldiers, but I guess with Chimnall, the violence is a little more focused. It's it's more close up. Now, remember that with the Seventh Doctor and Ace, that mm-hmm. guy that ace was the nazi guy yeah i mean he gets yeah wiped out that's pretty up close and personal yeah this one is sort of seems like with uh all all the people because i'm not sure you know having just watched the episode trying to remember everything like like the, i'm trying to remember like the first people like the communications guy mm-hmm. and then the the construction guy or the whoever laborer um who was at the site when when she drove up um just all the things always seems up close and even when the army uh folks or the soldiers um, like it was sort of close up on them, and I don't know. And again, it's is it any more violent than any other Dal- Dalek episode? Probably not, but it just seemed a little more Torchwood, where Torchwood is a little more, of course, you know. And I, this is poor research. Did Chimnall write this? I can't remember, or not. But anyway, you know, because he wrote Torchwood, um, yes, and so it just seemed a little more focused about dark and, and dingy and and sort of you know the violence of of reality or whatever. And 
And so, like, we'll talk about the end, but I was, the, the <laughs> ending was touch and go there first. I was like, oh, God, Chim, no, please don't, you know. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would have been, yeah, bad. Bad form, bad no. form. But anyway, well, what would you think about the very crowded TARDIS we had? Yeah, I didn't necessarily <laughs> mind it. I felt like, in a lot of ways, it was a bit of a vehicle, no pun intended, for getting Ryan and Graham out of the TARDIS at points to spend time with Aaron. Ryan's dad, yeah. Aaron. Don't don't be like the doctor. He has a name. <laughs> <laughs> she only knows uh, her fam's parents' names by the person's parent. You know. He has his mom. Mom, Ryan's dad. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But then everybody ends up at the end, and there's this big sort of Three Musketeers moment where they all rush out of the TARDIS and take places so that they can all be seen by the tele- by the cameras. <laughs> Watching that as a director, I was like, ah, there's the blocking. Uh, <laughs> hit your spot. Hit your spot. Everybody in your spot. Hit your mark. Yep. People didn't necessarily have a lot to do. It felt like an opportunity to re-explain some things, perhaps. Hi, I see you're watching Doctor Who for perhaps the first time. Yes. (laughs) Let's talk about some things, you know. Although, interestingly enough, three new people in the TARDIS, nobody says. I And I I think purposefully so. I think it was sort of a little putting the whole thing on its head or whatever that term would be. Of what, where is it like the inner internal dimensions are something greater related to the external dimensions or something. Which, and I quite quite appreciated that explanation. (laughs) Uh, from the doctor, but yeah, nobody said it's bigger on the inside, so uh, sad times, sad times. Yeah, <laughs> and then there did seem to be, um, I mean, it's a rather dramatic episode, a scary as much as Doctor Who can be scary in some parts, and I said Dalek, and Dalek episodes usually have its own tone of, you know, dogs kills a bunch of people, that's what they do, um, and imperiling and all that stuff, there seemed to be some odd slash good humor bits, mm-hmm. um, and, and they stood out because it was, to me, a, again, scary, quote-unquote, episode. That when there was sort of like, we're doing a humor scene right now. I'm like, yes, that's, that's quite a tonal shift. And I can see you're doing a humor scene right now. You know. <laughs> I see that you're doing it. So, like, when she called the, uh, I don't know, operator... And they had the yes. whole... Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. I guess, I mean... I and I got it... a little excited. I was like, oh, she's going to... Yeah? 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 No. Okay, never mind. Because I was sort of as confused as the doctor. Like, what... what, Because, what? again, not being British, I don't know if I'm missing something about, like, what kind of operator. Like, maybe this is the security operator yeah, or there or whatever. 911 or whatever it is. 999. There you go. <laughs> uh, but having never called 999, uh-huh. I couldn't answer that question. So, but anyway, and so... I have had somebody call 999 on my behalf, but... There we go. And so I... And it was also one of the things that I didn't know if I got that it was a joke, and then you made a Brexit joke, and I'm like, oh, I guess that's what they're saying, and so I I, guess, I don't know if that's what they were saying yeah. or not, but, you know... Well, I, I was... When I was Googling resolution for two seconds before this, I did see something about a Brexit reference. Oh, okay. Well, there you They were saying unit has, has been under review because of financing due to the European partners, you know, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I guess, haha, Brexit. <laughs> it's hilarious <laughs> because it's a disaster. But anyway, um... <laughs> And then there was the other, what was, there was another odd humor bit, I'm going, which, because I thought the operator one was weird, but in as much as it worked, it worked, but there's another bit, and I can't remember what it was, that was sort of like very out of place, um, as far as the humor bit, I don't know. Was it where the guy was, um, where the labor guy was throwing, uh, 
Lynn, trying to throw Lynn, dressed as a police officer, off and saying, oh, no, all this stuff's paid for no matter no. what somebody says. No. I, mean, that was I thought that was a strange, yeah. strange bit well, then there. they got killed because that's what they do. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about, I guess, the whole point of this episode, or at least the highlight or the or I guess what's supposed to be the attraction of this episode, and that is we have now finally encountered in the 13th Doctor's run a classic Doctor Who enemy, of course, the Daleks. Yes. A steampunk Sheffield Steel Dalek. Yes. Yeah, I thought, I mean, they were obviously on the nose there with sort of doing the parallel construct of the Doctor making her own Sonic in the first episode, and now the Dalek making her, I'm going to use that because it was her, her vehicle, uh, female vehicle, um, using her, her making her Dalek armor. So, mm. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I just always hear the, the steel worker who's doing the, stri- the sh- dance and... Uh-huh. She's a maniac. Oh, is that yes, what it yes, is? Yes. Is that right? The yes, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Jennifer Beals. Yes, yes. Uh, now we're gonna have to do that for a second. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna pull this cord. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. But I, well, what do you think about you know? Because we, we one thing we've talked about before with the dogs, you know, what's there more to say about them? What's what do you do with them? What do mm. you? I mean, they're interesting, but are they? So, what do you think of this being a Dalek story? I liked the backstory. Mm-hmm. Of how the Dalek ended up there. And it was just the one. I was a little confused in as much as... And, you know, I'm always fine with a more... I was going to say modern, but, you know, all of Doctor Who's more or less modern. But a more contemporary show taking some technological liberties with what we know. So, in other words, what I'm trying to say is Daleks are usually not that big. Um, you know, <laughs> what we saw... Uh, you know, and, and I know they said the whole the recon ones are different, but Daleks, the actual alien, is pretty small. And this looked like a huge squid. But but whatever, we have CGI, we're going to play with it. That's not going to be my, my sticking point. But of course, then my question is, it was, you know, taken in, in th- thrice, you know. It yes. was And yes. so I'm like, well, what, what does that mean? I guess that confused me about first, because I wasn't, I mean... Because I tried to avoid everything. Like, I assumed it was the Daleks, but I didn't know 100% sure that's what it was going to go. So I'm like, when they split it in three, like, well, what are the other two parts? Is it just, yeah? how big is this thing, you know? <laughs> well, but all three parts came back together. Oh, did they? I, oh, yeah. I missed that, maybe. Yeah, no, because remember when the, uh, the sentries started... were digging huh? it up and it disappeared on them? Oh, I didn't see that it disappeared. I saw yeah. it was glowing. Yeah, no, oh. they, it, they, sort of... they went... <laughs> And oh. pulled the pieces back together somehow. Oh, somehow. Magically. Magic. No, no. This is what happens when you just watch an episode five seconds ago. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's. But the end still seemed rather big. But anyway. Yes. So. Yeah, it was big. Whatever. And, but. And it felt more squid-like than Dalek-like. Yeah. Based on what we've seen of the actual Daleks. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I, I like Partly, I guess, uh, previous incarnations of the actual Dalek creature have been a little bit more anthropomorphized mm-hmm. than this seemed to be. This was more a parasite than an individual entity. With a face kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. yeah. I get what you're saying. And I did like the idea of them using, you know, since they used the vehicles or the armor, whatever you want to call it, that they could use in a person. I, mean, that, I guess that makes sense. I mean, yeah. that made sense for me. Yeah. We've not seen it before in this iteration. Right. But uh, we have seen things do this. There was the, what, giant beetle thing? Yes. That, what Donna had. Yeah. So there's something on your back. Yeah. But, anyway, but yeah, all in all, I, I, no complaints. I mean, the, like you said, the whole steampunk thing. So instead of the plunger, it actually had a little more grabber. Yeah. So a little more modern, quote unquote, looking. Again, modern would be you know, like, 10, 20, 30 years ago isn't modern. But anyway, 
But, yeah, but which if you're is gonna, fine, yeah. which is fine. Like I say, a little steampunky. It wasn't bright primary colors to scare any fans. <laughs> yes. Uh. And also, and maybe this is a, a, a negative, ultimately, it didn't commit to anything. Mm-hmm. Because then they destroyed it. Right. So, if people don't like that particular Dalek... That's okay, because it was destroyed, and right. if they bring it back another time, they can bring it back differently. In proper Hooray, armor. Yes. Yeah. Or yeah. red and yellow and blue and scare people. Mm-hmm. Though I did think, in some ways, because often with the Dalek stories, other than Dalek, the actual episode with the Ninth Doctor, it's more than one. Well, I mean, I know, except for the Twelfth Doctor's um, uh, Inside the... Whatever the episode was called when he went Inside the Dalek. But anyway... It's often Daleks. Yes. Like, we often hear or are told, oh, all it takes is one Dalek is enough. And that, but we always see, like, a million of them. And so this is one time where one Dalek was successfully taking over the Earth, or at least trying at least very well. <laughs> and had a pretty good run at it. Exactly, anyway. exactly. Um, and so that was kind of good to actually see, instead of being told how bad a Dalek can be. So, um, so that was kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, I did think... The ending, uh, we won't get to the specifics just yet, but the ending as far as, you know, we're going to trick it, though, yeah, I'll take you, t- I don't even know where it wanted to go, to tell you the truth, but anyway, I guess the Daleks fleet, I guess it's a, yeah. wherever, wherever that is, and then, yeah, I'll take a trip into your TARDIS, wink, and not be in control of it, and let you do everything, and hey, you opened the door to, uh, oh no, oh, no. I fell out, uh, Yeah. I'm like, you yeah, know, okay, whatever. I mean, it was dramatic at the time. I'm not going to, I don't want to belittle the fact what I thought was happening, but that was more about the humans than the Dalek that, that I thought was the dramatic part. So, yeah, just open the door and get sucked out and done. Job's a good one. Yeah. So, anyway. But again, I don't know. But again, I guess it was, you know, as far as Dalek stories go, you know, it was interesting. Yeah. Especially because you, you literally made it more human because it was attached to a human. Yes. And you were concerned. Like, I was concerned because, again, that's very torchwood to me that a, a, a yeah. person gets taken over. It's kind of like the their second episode with the, the sex alien or whatever it was um, in Torchwood with the young lady. But this one, another young lady, but unfortunately it was just a dog. I guess. <laughs> but anyway, it just gave that human element of whether she's being taken over or not, and, you know, and that whole, which is... Not a necessarily new concept, but it was interesting. I guess it made it more because in the the armor, I, I I don't I didn't clock the episode of how soon it got into the armor, you know, because it did seem like it went a while, which is not a complaint with just the person. Yeah. And so, yeah. Well, let's talk about the Doctor because I think the interesting part about the Dalek story, especially with the Thirteenth Doctor, is that there's so much weight or angst maybe i don't know what the right word is when it comes to daleks and the doctor and so it's interesting to see how the doctor would react to the daleks or this doctor would react to the Daleks. Mm. so what you would you think of how they ultimately went with that yeah i mean she talks a lot about the history which of course those of us who have watched know mm-hmm. newbies wouldn't necessarily get it i was a little sad that they didn't have there wasn't more about the Dalek and her reaction to the Doctor. Mm-hmm. The, you know, she says, you know, oh, I'm not human. Give us a scan or whatever. And it, they do, I assume. And they're like, the Dalek's like, well, what are you? And she's like, I'm the Doctor. And they're like, okay. You know, there's no... Well, I, I think there was a bit of like, oh, the Doctor is the enemy of the Daleks. Which confused me. Because, again, this is going to be timey-wimey. But how old is this Dalek in relation to the Doctor? Like, 
but it's t- it's timey wimey. So yeah. I was okay with that. Yeah, because I was like, because the doctor was saying that these were sent directly from Scar, like one of the first. And so now I don't know, and I'm sure it's probably in the canon, but I don't know. You know what time on Earth was it when Daleks were created on Scarrow? But anyway, and so like, well, except at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because the Doctor was there on Scarrow when the Daleks were first created. Oh, because timing wise, it would be the fourth Doctor. Was I was there. thinking the first Doctor. Well, the fourth Doctor, remember Genesis, was literally there when the Daleks yes, were created. Yeah. Okay, also true. So yeah, yeah there's all this timing. Okay, that didn't that didn't bother me. Oh, so um, I guess yeah, I guess I'm always a little like anyway. I don't know. This, it felt very low stakes. Right. And I'm not 100% sure why. Mm -hmm. Well, in some ways, it was sort of on on paper and maybe in actuality. There was double stakes. In other words, it was the high stakes of this dog's going to take over the earth and call all the dogs and blow the earth. But it was also the low stakes of that it's in control of this young lady and then later in control of Aaron, you know, Ryan's dad. And so you had this sort of personal stakes as well as these big stakes. So mm. sort of tried to play both. To... Yeah, I don't know. I just never felt like the big moments, the moments that it was so clear that they were going for a big moment. Mm. I just wasn't that fussed. Oh, I know. Yeah. It was also like killing the kid with the hand. I mean, that dragging the dead body of the girl, dragging the, to the hand. Thing. Yeah. Okay, that's, sorry, that's, I'm going to my earlier, all the people who died. Um, and then also, like, when it came to the communications thing, there was some weird uh, titleography going on here, like, the government communication headquarters, a.k.a. GCHQ. And I'm like, is this a real thing or are we just making this up? Like, am I... Yeah. Why are we overemphasizing what this is? Well, and even the moment where Ryan reaches out for his dad's mm. hand and there's this explosion of music and it swells and I'm like, okay. I mean, am I the only one who saw that coming? <clears throat> is that... Well, I didn't know if he was going to die. Because Chibna will do that. I was pretty sure that he was not going to kill two members of Ryan and Graham's family. Not this early in the ballgame. Torchwood's a different story. That's why I was saying. Because I was feeling that whole vibe. So I'm like, I don't know what he's going to do. Heck, Ryan could be dying in this episode for all I know, you know. And, and, And Chibnall does it and does it well. Oh my gosh. When the first doctor, who was then running a news agency in Broadchurch, <laughs> right. killed himself, yeah. that was awful, uh-huh. and I felt that so much. And I, nope, not this, mm-hmm. not this. And I'm not sure a hundred percent what's different. It just feels very timid, right? And I think that this season overall has felt very timid mm-hmm. to me. No, and I, and I get that. Like you know, if I'm just Christmas aside, don't label, just say Doctor Who specials, you know. I don't think this will be ranking in anywhere in the top five. I was going to say top ten, how many have there been? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. maybe it would have been the top well, ten. Well, if you count the ones we wrote, which are definitely <laughs> in the top five. Exactly. So, yeah. So, I mean, I, I you know, probably better than maybe some other ones that I'm not huge fans of. Um, but yeah. And you know what might have made me happy? Mm-hmm. From a writing perspective, from a stakes mm-hmm. perspective? Mm-hmm. Is if at the end of this, Ryan's dad had walked away again. Mm-hmm. That would have felt more... This just felt 
that relationship easily too easy everything came too easy way too easily way too easily from the get-go well, let's get into it because that's sort of my next one i wrote is ryan in another show because i was watching because <laughs> it's sort of been like oh no daleks are coming and then ryan you go talk to your dad and be in this other tv show <laughs> And, and then later gonna, on, we're going to put Graham in gonna, that television exactly. show and bring you back to this And then one. at the end, we'll put you, both of y'all in our television show. And I was, I mean, it's not a criticism per se, but it seemed like a different, again, if tone is a thing you care about, it's sort of like, oh, we got to get the Dalek. Meanwhile, at the drama. <laughs> yeah. You know, here at the British drama. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's nothing wrong with their scene at all. There's nothing, but it just doesn't fit into a Dalek's about to kill the Earth. And so, I was, you know, we're taking time to have a deep conversation because it's either either a except we didn't. Yeah. We took five minutes to have a deep conversation, and all of a sudden, Aaron is saying, "Oh no, I just felt like a failure, and it just was hard to come back." And and Ryan's like, "Cool, yeah, we good." Well, yeah, and well, and then there's that small, you know, Graham's showing him all the things that Grace had saved of him. And and he she was like he was like you know and and Grace was always proud of you and and Aaron's like okay that's cool and Graham's like yeah that's cool mm-hmm. and there you go jobs are good and yeah because it did seem like oh man Aaron's not that bad I mean God I thought he was a real jerk <laughs> <laughs> turns I mean, out just misunderstood he just made a few mistakes man just, just abandoned his kid no big deal missed his mom's funeral. Who hasn't? Who among us, <laughs> Who among us has, not, has not done something like that? Um, and, you know, whatever. I, it, it's called resolutions, I assume, for a reason, not just because of the New Year's. Because I, I did like the fact that he didn't turn out to be a jerk, because that's also too easy. Yes. If he's just like, yeah, blah, yeah. whatever. I don't, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, but that's why I'm saying, I think, if at the end, after all of those heartwarming moments, mm-hmm. he'd gone, I can't. I can't do this right now and walked away mm-hmm. again. I think that would have made him a much more interesting character. Yeah. Cause I guess it's all about earning those moments. Cause you know, we had that extra half hour, right? Which is what all this episode, you know, hinges on that extra half hour is why we can have like an hour long coffee scene. And this seriously, other... five minutes, five and, minutes. And, I make ovens. I'm real sorry about the other crap. Yeah. Cool. And this other TV show. And, <laughs> um, later on East End. But yeah, I mean, I guess earning the fact that his past behavior, and, and you know, and he could have changed, and that's fine. But what 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 was it back then? Because it does seem sort of like these quote unquote easy answers, which I know are not easy, and and you can encapsulate these things and still have deep meaning. Because in other words, the whole like, I liked how Graham framed this of you know why didn't you come to her funeral? Not for Ryan. Or not even for your mom, but for yourself. Why didn't you? And which I thought was that's very advanced. I thought everyone was very mature in this episode. Um, yeah. Ryan has grown up a lot, by the way. He was asking very. He was being. Listen, Dad, this is what you should be saying. And I was like, yeah. yes, you are very grown up, Ryan. Um, you know, it's it's like he's not hurt. I mean, he is hurt, but he's like like apparently Ryan's been through to therapy for about six months and knows <laughs> all the questions to ask yes. and all the stuff. And that's in good. Between travels on the target, that's fine. I'm sure he the NH- pops into therapy yeah. sessions. God bless the NHS, right? Um, <laughs> But, you know, and that, that's fine. I do like adult. You don't often get mature conversations on, on television. It's all histrionics and melodrama. And why weren't you there? And I hate you, Dad. And slant. You know, and then we actually get a mature conversation of modeling behavior. And that's good. <laughs> but um, his, you know, going back. To, so Graham tells him that. He's like, oh, I guess I couldn't go because if I didn't go, she wasn't dead. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense at all, really. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, and, uh, you know, talking about the earned, you know, Ryan says, you should have said this, you should have said, don't think it's you, don't f- ever feel unloved, da 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 and his dad's like, why would you ever feel that way? Oh, I guess I can see why. And and then here's why I did it. And there's no, as you say, it's perfectly acceptable for him to change. We just haven't seen any, like, why? Right. What made that change? Because it's just been too many, I mean, I think about the Sarah Jane episode, I'm sure that, you know, it's very tried about, of course, it's very different. But with when the character in Sarah Jane comes, his dad comes back. And they have a their adult. Of course, he's a kid. Clyde. Clyde. Yeah. When Clyde's dad comes back, and even though they're he's a kid, they're having their adult. Of course, the dad ends up being pretty bad. Well, I say pretty bad, but anyway. Long story short, you know, there's still a little bit more depth to like, oh, this guy's bad and good. You know, it's complicated, more bad than good, but I get it. You know, versus this, so yes. Um, but I, you know, like, and that was a chill. You know, that's a proper uh, children's uh, show. You know, this needed more depth. And like you, you said, it would have been interesting if Graham had said, you know, Grace was always proud of you, but she always said some gracism because you, you know, there's always these gracisms of like, except for the part where he abandoned his kid, you know, like yeah, you know, yeah. you know, that's not the part that I, you know, but everything else. You know, I'm proud of my son. He's kind of a jackass. Yeah, but the, that Grace says those things, you know, you <laughs> yes. know, but, but a little jokey thing, but a little bit of more, you know, kind of poke him a, a little, little bit because yeah. you know, I'm sure his nan wasn't cool with the fact that, you know. Ryan, you know, wanted needed his dad. Yeah. So, it would, yeah, it would have been a little bit of recognition. Yeah. Or more of an exploration. You know, uh, Ryan <clears throat> says, see you later, granddad, or something like that. And Aaron's like, granddad. And uh, Graham's like, yep, see you later, son. And that's all that discussion. But, you know, a possibility of, you know, why does he call you granddad? Because I was more of a fatherly figure than you were, you know, some sort of... Well, it's what Grace wanted or something. Yeah. It's what your mom wanted. Yeah, it's also weird because to me, Graham doesn't strike me as being that old. Mm. But then to think that he's this guy's stepdad. Yeah. It it seems, you know, Ryan's dad seems like an older... I mean, I go probably just 10 years older than me or something but anyway um but it's sort of weird to think of that dynamic yeah like i can see graham and ryan in this sort of step granddad but i like to see you know an adult relating to graham and graham having to relate to him in that way was very interesting to me because i was like oh i never i guess thought about that what that dynamic was like yeah and how long that dynamic because he's sort of like aaron you know he's the only one who uses his name you know aaron let's have a have a chat yeah but you also (laughs) if you think about the fact that aaron has been out of ryan's life Mm -hmm. or in and out of obviously yeah uh, but Graham and Grace were only together for... A couple of years, five years, something like yeah, that? I was thinking, yeah, three or four. Yeah. And so how much has Graham actually dealt with Aaron face-to-face? How mm-hmm. many opportunities has he had? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, presumably Aaron's been out on an oil rig, is that right? Something. Something like that, which I think are six months of stints, and, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. The, this is what I mean by the stakes. Yeah. You know, and, and maybe the way you put it, that the moments weren't necessarily earned. Because this all sort of wraps together at the ending with, you know, the Dalek having Aaron. And, Aaron, and that was a little confused part. Like, I don't know what the Doctor's plan was. Well, I know what the Doctor's plan was to open the doors. But then, like, she knows it's stuck on Aaron. 
Is what was her plan for not well, getting Aaron it, it, sucked she out? She says something about it being a perfect Dalek-shaped hole mm-hmm. of some sort. That so it was apparently some sort of lasered-in suction that was supposed to just take the Dalek and not mm-hmm. Aaron. I don't know because she was like, "Oh, it's so weak." But like, I don't know. It seems to be holding on to him pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> and then I mean, I don't know. I was, I was, like I said, I was, I was. You know, of course, they built up this whole. Oh, of course, I, and again, I don't know. There was almost a, and again, it'd be trite, a the stereotypical way that this would have been written, and it wasn't. Would have been like, "Oh no, Dad, I really love you, and I need you. I need you now." Uh, and it, it wasn't that. It was just like, "Hey, Dad, all into my hand. I love I you. I love you. I forgive you. Yeah. All of those things yeah. that weren't earned." Yeah. So I thought. I mean, I, you know, someone's near death. You say a lot of things, but you know, then it's sort of like, "Oh, you're back." Yeah. Not really. Not as not really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, because I guess it was it was an interesting in some ways that Graham and you know for good or for ill was talking for Ryan for a lot of this episode. Like when Aaron was there, he was telling you know because Ryan was sort of not talking. And again, maybe Ryan's grown up because he seemed to be a little more uh, you know younger and mouthier <laughs> in uh, early days, and so he would have been telling his dad what he thought. But it, and maybe that's just his relation with his dad, which is fine. I was disappointed. Why say anything? I don't. Or I have so much to say, I can't say it. Or Graham tried to translate for Aaron about like where you know. Um, but yeah, at the end, it was sort of like. I, but again, I thought they were all going to die the way Chibnall was. But so I was just <laughs> glad everyone didn't die. And then you know, Chibnall was just not killing all the black characters that he creates. Um, <laughs> yeah, that would be bad. Yeah. So anyway, but anyway, we've probably gone on enough. But yeah. So yeah. Interesting how they did it. So our crowded TARDIS, we had Mitch, who I thought was going to replace Ryan, possibly, depending on how <laughs> when, things went. When Ryan is killed. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. then uh, played by uh, Nikesh Patel. And then Lynn, played by Charlotte Ritchie. I'm not familiar super with them, but that's probably because I'm an ugly American. I did see where Charlotte was in uh, Call the Midwife for a little bit. And she's also in some sort of, I guess she's a songwriter, singer-songwriter. So. Okay. Yeah. The name is vaguely familiar, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, uh, I've been out of the country for some time. She did remind me of the girl from class. Yes, yeah, yeah. I, she was, she's not, but yes, I, yeah. Yeah, we both had that moment of like, well, it's been a couple of years, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> why not? Could be April for all we know. But anyway, yeah, April. Yeah. yeah, but I thought, yeah, I thought they both, you know, I don't think they needed more. I mean, because she obviously had a, a story of having to fight the alien. Mm-hmm. You know, and, ha- and then you sort of had the two-second scene at the beginning of, like, we're going to establish that they like each other, so we're raising the stakes of concern. Yes, and, and I was. Tick. Yeah, and I, and I said from the beginning that I was going to be really cross if Chibnall killed her off. Yeah. Um, Which also seemed like a possibility. <clears throat> yes, yes, yes. And I'm glad he didn't do that. Yeah. So, there's that. But they also seemed, yeah, nice characters. Seemed nice enough, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, so, it just seemed like the extended fam that we had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Musketeers. Exactly. So, yeah. So, again, that's the last bit of Doctor Who. So, uh, does this uh, help a little bit with the prior episode, that being the finale? Now, this is being the finale of Series 11, or? No, no, not not necessarily. No. Uh, Again, I just really hope it all just feels very tentative. Mm -hmm. Everything has felt very tentative this season. Mm -hmm. And. I'd like to to see Chibnall grow into this, or give it to someone else to write, or give it. To no, I mean like I, he can stay a showrunner, but you know, because yeah. he's, he's obviously created the skeletal structure that works. The characters, the the look, the things. I mean, all, they're all 
you know, the, the building blocks are there. And I swear to God, if they don't do all Yaz all <laughs> season two, I'm going to be very cross about that as well. Again, I thought at some point she would say, by the way, I'm a, you know, I thought the Mitch and Lynn would be like, why are you telling us who are you? And Jazz would be like, no, I'm a PC, don't worry. Yeah. But now she's just like, go but away. But is she anymore? I mean, she can't be at her job very often if she's off seeing she's 20 different shifts. New Year's Day, New Year's <laughs> Eve parties. And yeah. Yes. Yeah. Her job status is uncertain. Yes, and that's always a tricky thing with your companions, companions, obviously. And possibly the one that I've seen, anyway, who who we see actually doing her job is Clara. Clara, yeah. But there's some interesting... It creates interesting tension, doesn't Mm. it? Mm. The doctor shows up at your workplace and says, I need you. You jump in and say, oh, but I've got... You know, I've got to be back in five minutes. And the doctor's like, yeah, no problem. And then what happens when the timey-wimey goes wrong? And you show up in a different pair of clothes or your Uh, hair is wet or, you know. I think that there are some interesting things that you can do with that. Also, they probably could have saved um, all... Because I love the um, Time Vortex that that, uh, the Chimnal series has. You know, it's very cool looking. I think we saw it about 20 times this uh, special episode so i was like no i got it I, we don't have to <laughs> see it every time i got it it's great I'm, but you know but i don't even see it every time you're just going about you know several kilometers um i don't know how you have to go through the whole time to, you know, <laughs> yeah. anyway so but right. anyway, there, those are our thoughts so with that we'll go into the tardis library when you close your eyes i go to the library go to the library now for this segment, we're going to have Jessica do one of her wonderful book reviews. <laughs> yes. Now, up in front of the class. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, uh, I read Doctor Who, The King's Dragon by Una McCormick. It came out in 2010, and it is a an 11th Doctor, Amy and Rory adventure. And this was another one that we bought at our Fayetteville Comic Con, wasn't it? That's right, some time ago. Yes. And so here is the synopsis from the back of the book. The back of the book. <laughs> in the city-state of Geith, the king lives in a golden hall, and the people want for nothing. Everyone is happy, and everyone is rich. Or so it seems. When the Doctor, Amy, and Rory look beneath the surface, they discover a city of secrets. In dark corners, strange creatures are stirring. At the heart of the hall, a great metal dragon oozes gold. Then the herald appears, demanding the return of her treasures. And next come the gunships. The battle for possession of the treasure has begun, and only the Doctor and his friends can save the people of the city from being destroyed in the crossfire of an ancient civil war. But will the king surrender his newfound wealth, or will he fight to keep it? Dot, 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 question mark. Oh, okay. So this would obviously be a, an interesting era, the Doctor that I would like to read. Amy. Yes, yes. And it appears to be early. Yeah. Um, For a series of Matt yes, Smith. Yes, Amy and Rory are not yet married. Okay. So they, t- they talk a couple of times about the fact that they're getting married in the morning. So mm-hmm. it's, it's that, that adventure. So like mid-series, probably. Yes, yeah. He does talk about the stripper from Rory's Bachelor. Mm-hmm. Uh, party from Diabetic. a yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and also the fact that Amy kissed the doctor. Right. 
So all of that is mentioned. But uh, yeah, the the thing that I, I I enjoyed this. It was a little bit slow to start, and then it picked up, and I really really got into it. And the thing that I like particularly about this is that the story is in depth enough that there's no way you could do just one episode. Oh, okay. Because you're dealing with, they arrive, and, and the doctor's like, oh, this is the coolest place in the world, because everybody's, it's it's been at peace for thousands and thousands of years, and everybody's chilled, and everybody's uh, working together, and it's, you know, socialism at its best. <laughs> Those are my words, not his. <laughs> but then when they arrive, everything's covered in gold. And there's a king, and so these these changes uh, have have taken place, and I told you in an anarcho syndicalist commune. <laughs> yes, and Amy goes into this house and is exploring, and when she comes back out, she discovers that without even thinking about it, she's stolen like a golden spoon and things like that. Uh-huh. And so there's this sort of control that is taking over them. It's called capitalism. Uh, yeah. Uh, so they have to deal with that, and then they have the, and then you know there's also the king, which is weird, and then they have to deal with the fact that they're also monsters. Some of well, both there are two different types of aliens who are demanding to have the gold back, and so then they have to make those decisions of who is supposed to actually have it, and and how do we decide and. And one of the alien groups is coming through them, and the other one is demanding that they get the gold or they're going to destroy the city. And and so there's a lot of, of back and forth in places, and it turns out in, in places that you don't expect it to go, but in order to get all of that depth... There's just no way it could have been done in one or maybe even two episodes. three-parter. Yeah, yeah. So it helps to have it novelized. Um, How does Roy do, do in this? He does okay. He does okay. He is the... Because this is early Roy, so he's a little bit useless still. Yes, but very much in carer mode. Very much in nurse mode. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of his part of the plot is is very much caretaker in places so uh yeah healer yeah yeah so i really enjoyed it i don't want to give too much away but uh be careful of the gold it will entrance you so an anti-capitalism message a little bit a little bit yeah Yeah. so how so i thought the characterizations were done well yeah yeah again particularly at the beginning it started slow and i wasn't necessarily hearing the voices that i was used to hearing from the doctor and amy and rory but as it as it got further in it picked up steam and i I was able to find them so yeah absolutely cool so definitely worth checking out if you are an amy rory 11th doctor fan Mm. and if you don't read a lot of or if, if you're not familiar not if you're not familiar but like if you don't 11th Doctor's not your cup of tea with this... I think it's still a really interesting story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Again, there's so much depth to it. You know, you do. You've got the king and his uh, Cardinal Richelieu, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. you know, his man behind the throne. And then you've got the old lady who used to serve on the council and doesn't seem to be as taken in by all of this gold as everybody else. And then you've got the two alien groups who are fighting over this. And and then you've got the poor people stuck in the middle. And yeah, there's a there's a lot, of, lot to chew on 
here. And then I Adam think. Smith and Karl Marx. And, yes. Oh, yeah, they're not yes. And then Lennon shows up <laughs> and it gets weird. Because um, then without McCartney, how much of a... Right? You know, yeah. Uh, I mean, all you do is just listen to Imagine and watch Yoko Ono. I, yeah, I don't know. So. Everybody's naked. I got nothing. <laughs> well, now I'm reading this book now. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, what are we going to talk about next week? Well, next week we're going to be starting 2019 with even more Doctor Who. And so we'll be talking about whatever we want to talk about. Yeah. It'll be a surprise for everyone. Exactly. So this will be an interesting year of Doctor Who without it being actively on TV. Of course, that's what it was about 11 weeks ago, 12 weeks ago. Back to the beginning. So, but anyway, there's a lot of uh, things we obviously can do because when we have more than 55 years to play with, there's always something to talk about. So until then, enjoy reading, listening, and watching the adventures of the Doctor throughout. Time and space. This is BBC Television.